and it deals with the writings of Hebrew. You know, nobody claimed the authorship of Hebrews. And uh, that's where the focus verse of the lesson text is taken from. But most believe, most scholars, most even of you apostolic people, believe that Paul was the writer of this particular book, this particular letter. And uh, some believe that the reason that Paul did not put his name to author this letter is simply because of the conflict, opposition that he had with the Jews. So, Paul being sensitive, Paul was willing to whatever sacrifice, whatever uh, he had to do to try, try to win souls. He writes about it a little later in another, in another letter. How that he was so willing to go to the extremes. It didn't matter who they were. A man from the highest to the lowest of society. It didn't matter if they was Romans. It didn't matter. You know, if they was weak. He wouldn't go in there boasting and trying to present himself such strong, so powerful that to intimidate them. But he would, he would present himself in a way trying that in, in all of the efforts that he might save some. And, and, and Paul's the message, if, if the beginning, uh, the, the, the highlight, the heart, the core of the gospel was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Was trying to persuade not only of his own descendants, a man of his own people. A man, he, he writes about it in Romans, talking about Israel. Had God forsaken Israel? You know, no, no, he had not. Certainly not. But even he was willing, said, you know, if he became a curse for, for their salvation, even though we knew he, that couldn't happen. And so the ultimate goal was to persuade the people that Jesus Christ, the anointed one, was the Messiah. That he was the one, the only name that had been given. That he was the lamb and that he was the high priest. And if you read your lesson, there's some certain, certain things I just... I just find it hard to find 100% cooperation. <laughs> and maybe it's just lackness and ignorance on my part. But even the writer talks about an end of the law. I don't agree with that. In fact, Jesus' words said he came to fulfill. That, that don't mean you end it. That means it was fulfilled. It had fulfilled its obligations. It, it's... It doesn't mean that it's still not in operation. It's just in a different form and manner and power and demonstration. For instance, the Ten Commandments. That's the law. That's what was given. How many of you believe they still in still full operation? How many of you believe that God wants us 100%? I think they ought to be in all of our courtrooms. I think they ought to be in all of our public uh, places. <laughs> Amen. This is what we're founded and grounded and built. And if we would just simply, a lot, a lot of times, if we just obey the first two, it would take care of a lot of things. It really would. But if we'll hold to heart and practice the first, those Ten Commandments, I'm telling you, it would help solve a lot of issues, a lot of situations. And so, you know, 
Jesus Christ, we have now a better high priest. And I'm going to bring some things out, hopefully, by the help of the Lord today. About the importance of a priest. And especially a high priest. I hope by the help of the Lord to bring out some things that under the leadership of Moses and Aaron. And out of the scriptures itself, a pattern that was set up. See, here's the thing. That's the reason I believe you have to be careful when you make these type of statements that is an end. Because could this be where the ideals came to a people, especially seemingly in America, that, that when it comes to me and God, I can just do what I want to do, how I want to do, when I want to do. You hear the statements, and please don't cut me off to start with. But you hear the statements a lot of times, I can go to church wherever I want to go. That's true. I can go worship wherever I want to or how I want to worship. That's true. You have that power of choice. That's never taken away from us. But God has set up from the very beginning a pattern, a tabernacle plan, a procedure that, that if we're going to experience, and let me just say this, if we're going to experience crossing Chile Jordan, then we got to watch this. If the believers of God Almighty was planning on going through the wilderness and entering the promised land, they had to follow through to the tabernacle plan. Not only did they have to follow the tabernacle plan, they had to follow the tabernacle and the ones that was leading and setting up the order of the tabernacle. You're going to find out that even Israel, a chosen nation, a peculiar people, a called out people, could not worship God. They could not just camp where they wanted to camp. They couldn't go just where they wanted to go. And you're going to notice in the Scriptures today that all four sides were protected with a Levitical priesthood the tabernacle was in fact they bear the responsibility of the iniquity of the people you know why we're in a mess today it's because we've got too many pulpits and I'm just going to be because I don't know a better way to do it but they don't have a clue of the plan of salvation and the truth of God. And the revelation of the word of God. We're educated. We're more educated than we've ever been. I'm not against that. But we have taken education. And put God to side. I noticed it. The ark, the ark was the highlight of our trip. We thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd recommend to go. I'd recommend go go up one day. Spend the night there. Get up early. Stay all day. You'll spend all day there. And then maybe leave. <laughs> that's because nothing else around for an hour drive or so. But anyway, uh, that's what I'd recommend. I'd, I'd recommend to go. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked to what you see and experience of that ark. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked at the architect. You'd be shocked at the, the metal work that's involved in it. You'd be shocked at the woodwork that's involved in it. 
the greatest shock you'll be shocked in is the light that was the, the building for the light to come in. To, they had gardens in this ark. They was actually planning. They spent a year or better, amen, on this ark. You'll be surprised of, of the water system. You'll be surprised of the fresh air that came in. Amen, how that, that God used Noah and they, they, his three children and their daughter-in-laws. How I don't know where they got all this information, how correct it is as far as biblically, but I'm telling you, you'd just be. But anyway, I don't. I want to get off the lesson here. But, uh, amen, but I, in fact, this is part of the lesson. If you read the lesson, he talked about grace. When you talk about grace, you cannot talk about grace without even talking about Noah. Noah found grace. <laughs> that his family might be saved. Because the world was going to self-destruction by violence going to annihilate and destroy one another. And I'm telling you, violence is on a rampage even today. Amen. And one of the reasons is because there's too many people that simply does not have a priest or a high priest in their lives to give them instructions and guidance and how to deal with the life. And so we'll just take it up on our own. We'll do it our own way. We'll do, we'll, we'll do what seemeth right in our own eyes. We'll justify our actions if that's taken somebody's life, if they cross the lines with me and they offended me and hurt me. It goes a long ways. It goes a long ways. So here, a better high priest is going to be set up. Now, as you watch this, a man unfold, and it really happens. If, if you and I this morning, and I'm not saying you don't. I'm just saying this is the lesson. But if we get a true revelation of what this lesson has brought unto us, amen. That's what Brother Ford was trying to mention beginning of this lesson, or beginning of this service this morning. Amen. About, I'm telling you that we have a high priest. And our high priest is in a place, it's, it's in a sense, it's out of this world and out of the reach of the devil and the influence of all of men. But it's not out of the reach of the honest and sincere, the broken and contrite, and those that believe, and those that are cry out to him. The high priest will make a way where there seemeth to be no way. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's making a way. He purchases. I know we didn't get to do last week's lesson. Last week's lesson actually, actually dealt with sin. Actually dealt, amen, with the blood. It dealt with the lamb. It dealt with the first chapter of Hebrews. It talks about the son, diver manners and ways and prophets and songs and things. But now through the son, through that begotten son, it's, it's Hebrews writings that helps us understand. It's, it's here is where this Hebrew writer, he has the revelation. He has the understanding. He talks about angels. And even, even in the New Testament, and even pronged here, we were times you people talk about. And they make uh, notice that, oh, uh, of angels and visitation of angels. And, and there's books written about it and things of that nature. And yes, angels walk with us. And, and they're beings, but yet, amen, they was not created. There was 
not begotten. There was not begotten like you and I. God chose a means and a way. The seed of Abraham. This is what we learn from, from Hebrews' writings. It's the seed of Abraham. He didn't choose the, the means or the ways of an angel. An angel didn't have flesh and blood. Amen. You, you can't kill the angel. An angel doesn't die. Amen. Amen. He's going to be put into in the, the, Lucifer. Amen. It was an angel actually and seraphims. And you got, you got so much that you can talk about here. But, but God, amen, came up with a plan of a high priest. It was going to be a flesh and bone and a blood. Amen. When the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and out of this holy child, the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said of this holy thing, amen, he's going to be the son of God. Amen. He's going to be known as the son of God. But it's through this son that there's going to be the blood. And not only, and you're going to watch this because Moses, amen, if you watch him, he was not the high priest. Aaron, his brother, was called to be the high priest. And But Moses was actually going to fulfill more than just a high priest because he had to represent a king and a prophet and high priest. He had to represent because what? Moses in the likeness cause uh, amen, there's going to come one after me that's likened unto me. And it's none other but Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. That, that's the reason the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That's the reason I love Christmas. They might say what they want to for order against them. But I will tell you something. You can't give any kind of celebration to Christmas without some kind of understanding that a Savior was born. I know they brought a lot into it. A lot of ideas and opinions and theories and all the Santa stuff and all that. You, you deal with it the way you want to. But you cannot worship Christmas in any form or fashion whatsoever without giving some kind of recognition of the real reason of the season. Even though the timing may not be right may not be but you still cannot avoid I, I noticed it this week we went into one of the caverns they had a, a lights my, my wife really loves the lights and the Christmas lights and things so we was going to some of these type of activities and one of them was down is actually in the daytime we, we actually you know hey we're gonna go see Christmas light in the daytime so we had to go down into a cavern you went into it and they rode you through this and when the the tour was over uh, they gave us a bag of popcorn. <laughs> and so when I got it, I looked at it, Isaiah 9 and 6, in the King James Version too, was put on that bag of popcorn. <laughs> I thought, man, you just can't really get away from it. They can say what they want to. So this ought, ought I mean, this is what it's all about. This is where it, something should ignite in us. Something should explode in us. Hey, I want to know this God. I want to know Him for myself. I want experiencing for myself. And that's, that's the responsibility of you and I as, as born again Christians, as witnesses, spiritual epistles unto, unto the world and those around us. Amen. That there's something bubbling out of us. But it didn't happen. We didn't get here by ourselves. We didn't earn it. No, we experienced something called the grace of God. Amen. And that's what this lesson's all about. I got a place called the throne of grace that I could come running to. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, by the help of God, I want to break some things out. Because we live in a world today that has abused my personal opinion. I'm not a scholar, not an educated man, but my personal opinion has abused the grace of God as a means and a ways to live a sinful life 
and still claim the inheritance of this God. But I believe even if we'll watch this lesson and, and really pay attention to the scriptures, especially all the previous writings in this same letter, time is not going to allow me. I'd love to bring those scriptures and bring us even to this place. But before we do that, I want to go to Numbers. I want to go to place where Moses, Moses is being called on by God. We know the, the, the miraculous birth of Moses. We know that how he had a, a mom and dad that didn't fear the king and the, the ordinance of the king, a man, that uh, if, if they didn't give him up. And, and we know that his mother was a mother of faith. How many of you would have took your son, even though it was your third son now, Amen. And it was against, amen, the laws of the land to have that child. But you hid him for a few months. But then you come to the place that you take and just bulrush. And you put him in a bulrush. And you put him in the Nile River. And no doubt God was talking to her. And God was instructing her. And, and, and we know how Miriam watched. And you know the whole story of that. But so this gives us even the life of Moses and from his very beginning. And how that Moses, a man now that spends 40 years of Pharaoh, and he finally comes to that place and point. And Scripture bears this out even in the New Testament, in the Hebrew writings, how he come to a place that I don't want to be called Pharaoh's son any longer. See, you and I have got to come to a place that I don't want to be just an earthly child. I don't want to be just a fleshly child. I want to be born again because something was lost in the garden. Amen. There was a separation that took place. Amen. There was a dying that took place and that was the fellowship of God Almighty and he would come in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve and that's what the previous lesson amen was about about dealing with sin and how sin came and how sin and death the only debt amen that you can have for sin the wages of sin is death something's got to die that's the reason God didn't choose the, the materialistic manners of an angel hallelujah because angels don't know they're menacing spirits flamings of fire they don't know anything about blood they don't know anything about that amen but here Amen. It took blood. It took the, because life is in the blood. And it took the shedding of blood. It couldn't just be any blood. And so we watch in a process. Amen. We watch in a pattern being set up. Amen. Just so in one sense, it's so simple. Hallelujah. That ties into the new the plan of salvation in the New Testament. That whosoever will to let him come. You can't get away from him. So, so we're gonna learn something here today. Because we're living in a world today. I've heard them, I've heard them, they've, they've said it to my face. I don't need a preacher to be saved. Scripture says you can't be saved without one. I'm not pinning roses on me. I, you know, it, it suit me fine if I was still sitting right out there. It would. It suit me fine. But I'm telling you, that is what it's about. It's God's method. It's God's plan. God came up with a five-fold ministry. God came up with a plan, amen, of the Le Levitical priesthood. God came up with a plan of who he called and who he anointed, who he put places, amen, and anointed him and uses him. For what? For the protection of his people and of the tabernacle. And so, if you'll bear with me, you know, as we, as we start to go into it and, and we see, and what caught my attention right off the bat is actually the writings of, of how they, they talked about being bold. I think there was a difference. Uh, I think there was a right type of boldness. A lot of times, and we make heroes out of them. Individuals, and if you judge me for this, whatever. You know, 
It's, it was altar lifestyles. We slipped into about eight years ago into an arena in an area what, where we began to promote them. Enhance it, encourage it, coming out of the closets. So that type of bonus in your face attitude. You'll never do God that way. Get away with it. I got any scripture for that? Yeah, just, just hang on with me. Please don't be too tired. Just, just hang with me. Listen to us today. So, whenever the, the very beginning of it actually come, if you look that word up, come, it means to approach, to ascend, or to worship. Don't ever underestimate the time that you spend prior to service and even the beginning of the service and the worshiping, exalting, and loving God. That you're coming. That you're coming. We, we do that. You know, we got the Holy Ghost. We bring two or three together together. We, we understand all of that. But yet he inhabits the praises of his people. I know the scripture that's talking about Israel. But we are the spiritual Israel today. And so in the spiritual speaking, in the spiritual realm, in the atmosphere, when we come to worship him, when we come and ascend unto him, amen, for, for what purpose? For we, we want his presence to be in our, our midst. We want his anointing. We want his touch. We want his voice because he is the high priest. He's the one that can intercede for us. He's the one that can make a way out of nowhere. He's the one, a man that can, that, that can, that makes all the difference. And we're so, we're so, we're so blessed today with that. And, but before we get into all of that, uh, and the writer talks about a man, uh, having inside contact. He brought about the president, Baron, his son, and a man, and because of who he knew, you know, that's important. I've heard this on the job sites, and, and people say, well, he got the position because who he knew. I'm not 100% against that. Let me clarify myself. I don't think that individuals, just because they're your family, ought to get it just on that account when they're unqualified. God feels the same way. <laughs> He's not going to, and everybody is not going to be a part of this inheritance of eternal life, even of His own. There is a procedure, there is a pattern that must be followed to attain that, to achieve that. Now, I understand what He's saying in, in the culture connect, it's actually this. Because of who he knew, he'd have access, amen, unto the Oval Office. And we understand that, being that his daddy's a president. He even mentioned the previous, the two daughters of the previous administration. And he, he likened it, amen, to opportunities because who you may know. It wasn't that you, you may, in a sense, rightly deserve that, but because who you knew gave you an opportunity to receive some forms or types of benefits, okay? So let me make this statement. When time is no more, and when judgment takes place, who you know is going to make all the difference in the world. Who you allowed to be your spiritual leader as you walked upon this earth is going to make all the difference in the world. 
who you submitted or yielded yourself to, even if at your own self and your own beliefs and your own opinions. Scripture actually goes on, and we can actually, amen, in a sense, prove that every man is a priest of his own house. But if the house refuses to let the man be the priest, then who became the priest? Power of choice. Thank God for that in one sense, because what if the man of the house never received truth and never had no love for it? Thank God for a high priest called Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit, ain't I? Well, I got so much. I'm going to do my best here. When you go back in Numbers 1, 50 through 54, this is actually where beginning and begin to be set up of the Levitical priesthood of Aaron, a man, the high priest. There's a lot to all of this. The lot, a man, that Moses, a man, is, 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 is laid upon Moses as he is the one that's hearing the voice of God. I want you to notice many, many times, if you go back and read through these scriptures and look at this, you're going to know that he never saw an image far as an image of God. Even though God would come down in a cloud, he would speak like through trumpets and lightning and thundering and all these different things. Even in the garden, I want you to notice that they heard a voice. They never saw an image, express image. We missed that last week's lesson. Man, the express image was a son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now he becomes that express image. Amen. The, uh, the, the, the manifestation of God Almighty upon the earth. We see it, see it through none other but Jesus Christ. That's the reason we believe in the oneness. Amen. If, if people really understand about this, you know, this co-equal, co all this other. No, amen. There's one. Amen. There's one begotten son. Remember that. Amen. Begotten means there was a, a beginning. Amen. He was begotten. That's the reason the Holy Ghost that some says is a third person, but the third person couldn't father the second person. You're talking about getting out there, you know, and they'll, they'll make this say, well, you just got to believe it. No, you ain't got to believe junk. God don't believe in confusion or junk. Hey. Hallelujah. God's got a sound mind, folks. He's not confused. He knows exactly what he was doing. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit, amen, the Holy Ghost. Our, our Jesus was not of an earthly father. He was a heavenly father. Amen. That's what's going to make him the high priest. That's what made him, amen, able like Moses to carry the blood in. That blood, amen, that blood, that's the reason you and I can plead the blood. It goes beyond the high priest and the places of earth. It goes into the heavens and the portals of heaven and moves the almighty God. It was him on our behalf to cleanse us, to wash us. What you and I have to be required to do is confess. Confess. <laughs> Again, last week's lesson, if you, if you read it, you understand what I'm saying. You can't hide it. You can't do like Adam and Eve. Take fig leaves. What we understand, my fig leaves. But what we understand, fig leaves is probably the largest leaf they had in the garden. But it wasn't sufficient. It had to be covered. It's there that we learned that there were some, some animals that had to, be, had to be killed. And there's some blood that had to be shed. You know the story, so I'm not going to go into all of that. So we, we already are watching this process, this thing happening. God that knew the ending from the beginning. Jesus, a man that was slain before the foundations of the world. In the mind and plan of God. A man, he knew it. Isaiah said he knew the ending from the beginning. You know, you know, how many would you, if you was going to a destination, if you, you actually knew where the destination was at, you'd have took a different route to get there. 
<laughs> Amen. You know, man, if I'd have known this was yours, Dad, I'd have went this way or that way. Anyway, all right. So anyway, here we are. God's our GPS, spiritually speaking. His voice is clear. This generation needs to hear the voice of God. And that's what this is all about. And i got to hurry here. So you're going to notice from 50 to 54. And thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony. This is also the tabernacle of testimony. is a place of, of, of uh, 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 well, the gathering of the people. Amen. This is what joined. This is what pulled them together. This is, this is the center. Amen. Of everything that's going on and around them. This tabernacle. Amen. Is going to be the center focus and place. And, and so, you know, this is, they're going to be set over it. He says, and they shall minister unto it and uh, all the vessels and shall encamp round about. I want you to catch that. That's in verse 50. They're going to encamp around about the tabernacle. He's talking about the Levitical priesthood. People too. I want you to catch this. When the tabernacle sitteth forward, the Levite shall take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levite shall set it up. And the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. Only the Levites was allowed by God to touch the tabernacle. That's where... The roots, very beginning, being very careful when you talk about the fivefold ministry. Let me just say that. If I was you, I'd just, I'd just leave the ministry alone. What I mean by that, if they're not doing right, pray, lift it up for God, and God to take care of it. He's got his ways. I mean, he's big enough to kill them if he wants to. He killed Aaron's two boys and told him he better not even weep over it. Don't even have a funeral. Don't, you, don't act like it didn't even happen. Because they had offered strange fire. Now God's serious about this here now. How serious? He's serious enough that when one man steadied the ark. He's serious enough about it that after the ark was taken, Dagon couldn't stay up. They began to take it to city to city. And he gave them a visitations, a man of emrods. Hmm. Finally, they come to the place and said, hey, we've got to do something about this ark. We've got to get it out of here. And so they're instructed to put golden mice and emrods into this. They put it on a cart. You know the story. You get you a couple, couple of cows that just had calves. And you lock them calves up in the stall, but you take them old cows that's never been yoked up, and you hook them up to this cart. And said, if it goes in the direction of those Israelites, said, you'll know without a doubt that this is a hand of God. It wasn't just by chance. But there is a God that's with this ark that can fight his own battles when he has to. Just because the Israelites had failed to come up short because of sin and unbelief and things of that nature, stiff, you know the story, huh? doesn't mean that God can't show up. Doesn't mean that God can't fight. And so, so we see this. Now watch this. When it makes its way back, you remember, I think it's the Beth Shemites, or I believe it's who it was. They, they wanted to what? Appear into the ark. They wanted to look into it. And there was thousands that were killed on that day. 
because they was not the qualified ones to look into it. We're warned by the scriptures that in the time that we're living in the Laodicean time, the pew would desire to run the pulpit. We have what they call boards, things of this nature. You'd be shocked. We'd all probably be shocked. Some of the activities and different things that goes along in what we call churches across our land. And the main reason is, is because there's a lack of knowledge. People have not been taught about the importance of the priesthood and who set it up. It was a God thing. So if, if God's in it, who can be against it? But we're in a time now where people, eh, ministers and things of that nature, they're voted in by boards and things of this nature and all this other. But, but all of that really is not really the will of God in a sense. God knows what he's doing. But so let me go on with this. He gave them instructions. Watch this. You know, people, you know, everybody wants to do their own thing. They want to go their own way. They want to, you know, but watch this. Now, this is a setup. This is the first setting up of the tabernacle uh, that represents God. God is a God ideal. Moses built his sanctuary. I want to come and dwell among my people. But he would not allow the people just to come and do as they wanted to. Watch what he tells them. He says, when the tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down. I done talked about that. And the children of Israel shall pitch their tents. Every man by his own camp and every man by his own standard. Standard also means banner. Each one of these scribes had a banner or they had a standard. And they all had to stay with their tribe. With their chosen ones, the twelve. Throughout their Host. He says, but the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of testimony, that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel. Guess what? It's the man of God. It was Moses that stood between the Israelites and the judgment and the wrath of God. He would have annihilated them and destroyed them and raised up a whole new people. But Moses, as a representation of Jesus Christ, stood in the gap. So here, Levites. Now remember, the Levites. And I'll get that for just a second. Let me, let me finish this. Shall keep the charge of the tabernacle of the testimony. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did they. Numbers 2 and 17. There's a lot, but I can't. The tabernacle congregation shall set forward with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp as they encamp. So shall they set forward every man in his place by their standards or banner. And so, I won't take all the time but I will take this much watch this numbers 3 and 17 go back and read the first three chapters of numbers it'll help you a lot okay I'm, I'm, I just don't have the time numbers 3 and 17 there was the sons of Levite Gershon, Kohath Mariah which is three sons okay now remember a man of Levi also Aaron Moses all of these Ammon, Ammon comes from Levi 
So all of this is out of the same ones. If you go back and read it, you're going to notice that whenever God brought Israel out of Egypt, he, he first commanded demanded the firstborn was his. Everything that come out of the wounds is mine. It belongs to me. Okay? But as this began to unroll and, and begin to play out, he comes to the place here. He says, but instead of taking the firstborns, he says, I take the Levites. And the Levites is the ones that's going to do the service. It's going to be this tribe. They're not going to own any land. They're not going to own any of that. But all the others are going to support them. They're giving and sacrifice things of this nature. But only the Levites are the ones that's going to be able to minister or serve a man for the tabernacle. That's even, watch this, in the time, but anyway, the high priest, amen, and the priest, Aaron and his sons, was the only ones that would actually go into the tabernacle. They would take the skins and they would take and cover up all of the instruments, all the, 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 the table, the candlesticks, the altar of incense. Even the Levites did not, they did not get to look upon. I want you to catch that. If you read the lesson, and, and I'm not trying, I don't try to find, you know, but I'm just not 100% sold out to this. And there is a reason for that. The writer talks about whenever Moses had called them and made preparation with them. And, and we could see, you know, man has a tendency. Amen. It's just, I guess it's just in us. And we're trying to go to the extremes one way or the other. If it ever needs to be balanced, it's in our day and time. A balance of spirit and the word of God. You know, we don't want to get so strict and put more on people than what they can bear and things that God didn't intend. But neither do we want to be so slack and nonchalant that, that just any old way I do. Amen. Because that's, 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 you're going, that's what's happened to America. That's what's happened, amen, in, in a... In a in a lot of places. But that's not what God even intended here. If you watch Moses. Even Moses. They're not sure. But as he goes down to prepare the people. Amen. To meet God for the first time at the mountain. Amen. Because God told him. Said hey we're going to come here. And this is where you come. And this is what he told Moses. About this mountain. Amen. And Zion. And, and you know how it went. And he met them. And when it was the, the thundering and the lightning. And the voices. And, and the Bible said. They stayed at the lower parts. Neither which met the lower parts of the mountain. God sends Moses back down. He says, hey, you go down there. You draw some boundaries. And Moses, where are you? He said, you don't tell me. He said, they can't touch anybody. They touch it or they're going to die. Any beast or animal. He said, I said for you to go down there. Because it's just, it's just the, the curiosity or whatever that's in us sometimes. We always want to be looking and getting involved in things that maybe God draws a line at. Now watch this. If you go back and read it, there's a key word in that verse that just kept popping out. He said, for I don't want them come gazing. The writer of the lesson, and if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong, but if we're not careful, the writer almost sends, sends a message to us of the lesson that um, you know what the real intent of the high priest is? As we watch this lesson, now watch this. Why, why, why God didn't want to allow them to come just gazing, just to look. Our approach means all the difference in the world. The Bible said, the day you seek him with your whole heart, you'll find him. The Bible over 
and over instructs us with honesty and with sincerity. That's where you can find deliverance. That's where you can find the answers. It's whenever you reach a point and place within your own heart, your mind, and spirit. I want to know you for myself. I want to know truth. I want to know you, God. You can't just come just to gaze, just to look, just to be a spectator. That's not what church is about. Even now. But it's about coming to praise and worship and to, to be ascend and to draw closer and to be more like him and for him to, to touch us and move among us. And, and that's the purpose of the fivefold ministry, to edify and to build up the body, the church. It's, it's, it's progress. We're on a journey. We're on a spiritual walk. That's, that's what this thing's about. That's even the Hebrew writer. That's what he's talking about. When you get to the fifth and the sixth chapter of the writings of Hebrew, when he talks about once you've taken this and, and you forsake it, you, den- you deny it, and you said it, you know, it wasn't true. It didn't represent its, its power. Uh, you know, that's what he talks about. And he likens it unto rain as the rain comes and, and into the garden. And some gardens, you know, produce what? They produce um, the fruits that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, you know, for the body and it's beneficial. And then it talks about the briar. And 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 and, and, and things of that nature. So what is he telling us? I'm gonna tell you something. Here's something I want to lay something a little bit. It's a dangerous thing, amen, to be in the house of God, hear the true word of God, and feel the presence of this living God and not be changed. And not take it to heart that I'm gonna start bearing the good fruit. Amen. I'm going to start humbling and disciplining and obeying. Amen. And, and, and I'm not going to use some crutch and some excuse. Amen. That this is the way my mama was and my daddy was or whoever it might be. Amen. Or this is, no, that's nothing but a scapegoat. That's nothing but an excuse. Amen. That I don't want to change. No, I want to change. That's the reason I come to house of God. That's the reason I come this morning. I may be the minister and the teacher. I came, amen, because I need, still need a touch. Amen. I still need to be changed. He's still working on me. I haven't finished the journey. I haven't made it yet. Amen. I'm dealing in a world. I'm dealing in a world of spirits and, and, and powers and, and things. Amen. It's just much more than who and what I am. Amen. I'm looking through a darkened glass. I don't see everything clear. I need a high priest. I need a presence in my life. A help in my life. So God arranged it for the New Testament church. This high priest would not be in a tabernacle. You Go back and read Hebrews. A tabernacle that was made by man's hands. A tabernacle, even though the pattern was set for us to make our way to God. If you go back and read closely the pattern, the pattern was given to Moses to start with from the inside out to man. But he was also instructed when to build it was for man to make his way to God was to follow in that pattern. presence of God. These three, three sons, what's this? Gershon, if you go back and read it, I believe it's in Numbers 3 and 24, they was numbered about 7,500 men with about 2,630 of them that was qualified. But here's what I want you to catch. They camped on the west side of the tabernacle. 
Kohath of the Kohites, amen, amen. He, he had somewhere around 8,600 men, amen, about 2,750 of them that qualified for active service. Took a lot of men, took a lot of people to be involved in, in, in getting this, you know. It's not a one-man show. That hasn't changed today. They camped on the south side. When you look at the Maronites, amen, same thing happens. They had some 6,200 men, 3,200 qualified for service, and they camped on the north side. So what do we got here? It didn't matter what tribe you was from. It didn't matter where you camped. Even though they were instructed by Moses, their leaders in each tribe, each three set of tribes, did not get to choose where they wanted to pitch camp. Moses instructed them of what side, what three groups would be together, and what side of the tabernacle that they was going to camp on, and who was going to be their priest. And the priest stood between them and the tabernacle. And the iniquity laid upon the priest. Could it be the reason that we're in such a mess spiritually speaking and in religion today? It's because many priests have taken up positions. First of all, they weren't called of God. And without being called of God, neither can you be anointed of God. And unless you're called and anointed of God, you're never going to get the revelation, amen, of the true plan of salvation to experience it. So if you don't have none of them, you've got to think up your own ways. You've got to come up with other ideas and opinions. And the Word of God said, don't add or take from the Word of God, for it's settled in the heavens. The same place that a high priest is at. But our lesson text does a good job, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. There's still one side, isn't it? It's the east side. It's the side where is the only side where there is a door. There's only one door to enter into the presence of God. You hear this idea and opinion even across America. There's many ways to God. That's a man's idea, not a God's. A God is not an author of confusion. Why would he want to have many ways? The only reason you and I would desire many ways is because of our own carnality. We want to do it our way. But we see even in this tabernacle plan and in this setting up of the priesthood and the Levitical priesthood that they did not get to choose. But it was set up by the man called Moses. The man that the Pharisees and Sadducees put so much emphasis on. But yet even they had added so many commandments and ideas and opinions, amen, and how to serve God, that God wouldn't even, God couldn't even be recognized by them when he showed up. Numbers 3 and 38, if you're keep, keeping the verses. <laughs> it's that verse, amen, but those that encamp before the tabernacle toward the east, even before the tabernacle of the congregation eastward shall be Moses, Aaron, and his sons. That's who's going to be on the east side of this tabernacle. So all of that being said to really, hopefully not to bore you this morning, but to, if nothing else, to let you know that everybody had to have a priest. Everybody had to have a spiritual leader. 
No one was exempt, amen, in the tabernacle plan. And God has not changed his mind in the New Testament. But we have got a high priest. I know my time's about out, so I'm going to do the best I can with the next little bit of time I've got. Amen. When you look at Hebrews 4, and I've done mention quite a bit leading up and even past this particular writings here. But if you go back and read even the whole letter of, of Hebrews writings, amen, again, let me reiterate, amen, when he believed it was Paul, the reason he didn't put his name on it, amen, because he knew that if he had applied his name to this particular letter, because it's really written unto the Jews. It's really written about, amen, the Messiah, the high priest. It's really written about the tabernacle plan. It's really written about, amen, what was a must, amen, what must take place, what must we believe. Because you watch this, except he believed. You got to believe, amen. You got to believe that he is the high priest, you got to believe Hebrews 11, amen, helps us understand. You've got to believe there is a God, amen, and he will what? He'll reward them that diligently seek him. But you and I have to have access. We've got to have a way to find him and to seek him. And God come up with a plan, amen, called the man Jesus Christ, the anointed one, amen, born of a virgin. He told us through Isaiah's writings, say, I'll give you a sign, amen, 7 to 14 and 9 to 6. Hallelujah, I'll send you a son. Hallelujah, I'll send you a child, amen. Amen. But he won't be of the earth. Yes, he's got an earthly mother, but he won't have an earthly father. And through this man, amen, he's going to become not only the lamb, hallelujah, not only the king of kings and the lord of lords, amen, but he's going to become the savior of the world. I'm glad, amen, watch this. Not only is he that, but he become a savior, not to save us in our sins, but from our sins. So, save us from our sins. I missed a lot I'd like to go back to, but I won't. We're given a warning in Hebrews writings, the third chapter. It deals with the heart. It says, hard not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. A lot of times we look at temptation. You can't, you can't do away with temptation. It's, it's, you know, sometimes you're going to liken temptation to test. Even Abraham was tested. God, God would test the hearts. Scripture has helped us to understand that. We're not exempt either. We're going to be tested. We're going to be tried. And if you, if you, that's the reason we're, we're seeing more and more assemblies that are putting less and less restrictions upon what it takes to go to heaven. I believe it was a God thing that quickened me just a few months ago. To make this statement. But we're slipping into a time now that we broadened the way to heaven. And narrowed the way to hell. Even though that's the right opposite of what the word of God has taught us. We've actually have proclaimed to our world and our surroundings that. Oh, you, all you got to do is believe. If you'll just believe and everything else is taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. You can believe a man as a child. When you're 10 years old, you can believe it. It doesn't matter how you live from that point on. His grace will save you. 
problem with that, the scripture doesn't back it up. And we're going to be judged by this. And every man's going to give an account of his deeds and his works. And so, when you go back to the previous chapter, we understand that that we lost, which was a spiritual death, there was the need of a second birth. And I mentioned that in the beginning of this lesson, even today, that thank God that I don't want to just experience an earthly birth. And oh, how we want it to be healthy. Any expecting mothers? <laughs> There'd be something wrong with them if they, they didn't desire for their child to be healthy. And they all don't come that way for one reason or another. Some we, we bring on ourselves. Some is just life. And, you know, I mean, I'm not here to cast a stone at anybody. But that just happens. And, but yet, it happens also in the spiritual realm. Because it's the habits of a mother, a man, the environment that she's in, that helps determine the condition of the child that she's going to birth. And so when you begin to talk about in the spiritual realms, the condition of the mother church, the condition of her spiritual heart, the condition of her spiritual mind, the doctrines that she had been taught, Amen. The instructions that she's been given by her priesthood, by her spiritual leadership. And that's the type of children that will be birthed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's God's intent, amen, to birth spiritual, holy, godly children, amen, into this world. Because we're in the world, and we're in a world that we've got to war against principalities and powers, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. And without the true birth of that second birth, amen, the natural man's born first and then the spiritual man, amen, the same likenesses of Esau and Jacob. Esau was the first man, but Esau must die his desires and passions to let the second man amen Jacob hallelujah come alive hallelujah and so it's no different here as you and I are born again as John's writings in the third chapter makes it clear you must be born again of the water and the spirit but even after being born of the water and of the spirit it's housed in an earthly vessel this earthen vessel I'd like to tell you that it's sanctified and justified and won't be tempted any longer it can reach a place and a point amen Man, that, that nothing will ever bother him again. I do believe there's a walk with God and a place with God that you can get that things that once tempt you won't tempt you any longer. I do believe there's, there's, there's good lives and, and situations that you can overcome and defeat. I do believe the Word of God in Paul's writings in Romans, amen, the first three chapters as he dealt, amen, with the Gentiles in the first chapter and with the Jews in the second chapter, amen, dealing with sin and the law of sin. But thank God in the second birth that you and I, hallelujah, have been born with the law of the Spirit. And that Spirit is nothing but the measure of God. A Spirit now that can endue us, empower us, and gift us, amen, with a second choice. That we don't have to be servants of sin. That we don't have to walk in it. Do we live a sinless life? By no means, we don't. I'd like to say we we have in every area, but neither are we servants of sin. We don't serve sin. And then try to push it in God's face and tell Him, amen, we're going anyway. We're going with our own attitudes and our own spirits. It's not going to happen. I could just for a moment take it back. I believe it's Numbers the 14th chapter. It was after the time that Moses speaks to him and 
He tells them it's, it's after the time he intercedes for them. And he tells the Israelite people, he said, you, you're not going. They're on the mountain now. They're on the mountain that God had said, Moses, you know that when you get there, it's on this mountain, this mountain that I'm calling you at, the mountain where, where you have this burning bush experience, this encounter with me, they're going to come and worship on this mountain. And it's on this mountain, and I think my memory serves me right, I believe it's the 14th chapter of, of Numbers. Uh, anyway, it was a time, amen. Anyway, I won't take the time. Time's running out. So, but anyway, Moses told him, said, you can't go. You can't cross over. Not now. Not in the promised land. People took it upon themselves and says, we're going. Moses said, I wouldn't do that. So the Lord's not going to be with you. I'm not going. The ark's not going you do. I'm paraphrasing this, but do what you want to. Sure enough, they went. He warned them. He said, if you go, he said, the Canaanites are going to be there. But you have sights, the different enemy that, that God promised he'd give us victory over them. But, it's, it's, but God's got to go with us. Hear me this morning. You know why the churches are accepting so much unrighteousness? Because without the Spirit of God, you don't have the ability to overcome it. Without the presence of God in our lives. Moses is telling them. He said, you can't go. You won't conquer it. Without the presence of God and the ark and the Levitical priesthood going and leading the way. He says, he's sending us in the wilderness for 40 years. We're going to wonder. They went, I forgot, but there were several thousand lost their lives because they rebelled against the man of God and went anyway. And they were killed. What's this? Disobedience started in the garden. It hasn't changed its, its principles. I'm going to tell you something. Scripture's plain. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I just felt a little nudging of the Holy Ghost, right or wrong. I, I just tell you, I'm just I'm, I'm being honest. <laughs> the lesson almost sent a a a, a a a likeness like that 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 we can just that we can just see in that we can just, but that's not true. It's not true. Now, now, what, what is the key to this? What what is the real key? What helps us keeps us from sinning. When we are tempted, well, what helps us? We don't have glorified flesh that it cannot be tempted. 
That's the reason we draw boundaries and lines and not allow certain things into our home because of the entertainment that comes with that. But it's not only entertainment. There's always a taskmaster and a spirit that's behind it. The pleasures of this world is not without a price. And it has its season. And nobody knows the season. i got to have something inside of me that's working on my behalf. That's helping me in that hour and moment and time of temptation. If I'm not going to sin. I'm not saying we don't sin. John got it right. Please don't. don't. <laughs> Let me ask him. What's the best thing? To wait till the automobile breaks down or do pre-maintenance on it? I'm just doing a little pre-maintenance. Okay? Pre-maintenance. Pre-maintenance is a lot cheaper. Did you know that? Getting all changed and checked every once in a while is a lot better than buying a new motor. A lot cheaper. They, won't, they don't take near as long to change oil as it does to change out a motor. Got my point across, right? Now, watch this lesson. Watch what's being said here in this lesson text. Seeing then that we have a great... High priest, which is none other but Jesus Christ, that's in the heavens now. He's ascended up. Watch this. Why do you think that the 12 disciples and the one that took Judas's place had to be eyewitnesses of what? Jesus Christ. From the very beginning of his ministry, of the three and a half years. They had to see the miracles and wonders and signs. They also had to be a part of seeing him ascend up. How many of you believe he ascended up? If you don't believe that, then you really don't believe he's going to send back. But in like manner, he's going to. And we're going to meet him in the clouds. And it's going to happen in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, for those, amen, that are ready. And Paul puts it this way, without spot and wrinkle and blemish. How can that be? I got a high priest. High priest that's it's, it's interceding, that's crying out. Watch this. Seeing then that we have such a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us behold fast our profession. Pressure's being put upon us to accept this bunch and that bunch. And this, but I'm telling you, our profession is Jesus Christ and no other. If you want eternal, Peter got it right. To whom? When others were departing him and fleeing, and Jesus asked him, To whom you go? To whom we go to? There is no one else. Nor the name's been given. Nor the Savior's been. There's no other high priest. There's no other lamb. There's no other door. There's no other way. Our profession cannot change. I confess, if you want to go to heaven, you better know Jesus Christ. The statement that, and we, 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 we shine from that, but it's a true statement. He must become a personal Savior. He can't be one that you know through a song. Just by social gathering. And feeling the, the oversplashes of somebody else. You got to know him for yourself. You got to experience him for yourself. Everybody that was sitting in the house, approximately 120. And the mother of Jesus was in the, in the room. And they all experienced the same Holy Ghost. 
Well, that's amazing. That was her second experience with it. Nevertheless, it's your word, angel. Sometimes you and I have just got to get to the place, nevertheless, thy word. Regardless of what everybody else is saying and thinking, opinions and ideas, God, I'm going to just take it to your word. You said I can have the Holy Ghost, I'm going to get it. <laughs> you said it's a promise to me and to all my children, to them as a far off. That's, that's, I'm one of them. <laughs> so watch this death of peril. So this, this brings us. Amen to what? Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. It's in those times of weakness. It's in those times, hey, I don't know if I'm going to survive. I don't know if I'm going to make it. That's the time you begin to call on this high priest. You don't wait to get wrapped up in sin. Let me help somebody out here. You better watch that little spirit that says, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I'll ask for forgiveness. I'm hitting that nail on the head a lot better than what. I'm going to override. That's what they try to do. Well, let me tell you something. If you override it, somebody's going to pay a penalty. It's going to cost somebody. It's going to cost. Sin is not without a price tag. That's the reason God had to pay the price. But watch this. This is a time to enter in. And I know that time's up, but... For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with what? The feelings of our infirmities. Huh. It's kind of like the guy that brought his son. He's, he's got faith, too, but help me with my unbelief. God, I need you to help me. Man, there's sin everywhere we turn now. Amen. The devil's doing everything, using every avenue he can. From that little old, little old thing... world, devil, spirits of this world, it's trying its best to make inroads into the church, to change the church. If we're not careful, our own government will reach a place and a point, come on, they're a mess up there. I can't see laws being passed now, where if I preach against certain lifestyles, they're considering me, amen, with a hate crime. But you tell me who really hates. It's a silent voice and the one that okays sin and you wind up in eternity called the lake of fire or the voice that is standing in the gap and standing in the hedge and standing as a high priest and saying, amen, if you yield that lifestyle, this is going to be the outcome according to the word of God, which happens to be also settled in the heavens where man cannot govern it, where man cannot dictate it, where man cannot control it, neither can the devil himself. Hallelujah. It's unchangeable, it's unmovable. But so is my high priest. Amen. He's in the heavens. Hallelujah. If I'm gonna touch God Almighty, it's gonna be through the man called God, Jesus Christ. Could it be as I preached a few months ago? Could it be that our high priest is getting on his feet even now, looking down upon Bendale, Mississippi? Just gonna see now what you gotta do with the high priest, what you gotta do with the name of Jesus, what you gotta do with the opportunity of knowing who he is as your saver, as your healer, as your deliverer. Right. Woo! I'm
tell you, he's been our deliverer. I'd have been already wrapped up. I'd have been already shipped back. I'd have been already a total direct and a mess. But he's been my high priest. He's been my high priest. Amen. To come to our refuge. Amen. To come to our rescue. Amen. Become a place of refuge against the powers of evilness and wickedness. What do you mean, preacher? I'm telling you, we live in a world today because of different reasons and attitudes and spirit. People will kill you over nothing. It's just unbelievable, the world. Amen. You know why? They've lost the fear of God and the judgment of God. Because as a, as a, as a whole, amen, the church is quit preaching about the lake of fire. The church is quit preaching about sin and naming sin. Hallelujah. No, there ain't no way. I got an uncle and I got this one or I got that one. I, I can't believe. I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to salvation and to knowing God, you better forget all of that. Amen. Because let me tell you something. If you read the parable of the Lord himself, he left us with a parable of a brother that had four brothers and he didn't make it and he sent him back said send Moses back send somebody out of the dead to do something amen I don't want him to come to this place we can be assured of one thing when our eyes are open and the revelation of this one high priest called Jesus Christ and the revelation of truth has been introduced to us then we hold the full responsibility amen of listen to it and obey it and I'm telling you we don't live in a world and the church and God didn't have no intent amen even for the church just to do what it wants to go where it wants to be what he wants to as much as he set up a pattern and a plan and put a Levitical priesthood amen between him and the tabernacle it hasn't changed thank God for a five-fold ministry that can stand in the gap that can pray prayers amen that can amen keep the judgment of God out of our lives amen keep the devil from eating our lunch hey I know man that's areas of vision where you really dropped the ball maybe I have but if God help us and God anoint us amen we got to keep plowing on we got to keep believing because we got a high priest by the name of Jesus that wants to fill this house but not just this house. He wants to fill our hearts. He wants to fill our lives. He wants to fill our minds. He wants to transform us and make us into doing what he has us to be. He can be touched, folks. He's not a high priest. He cannot be touched. That's the reason he had to be flesh. But yet without sin. <laughs> Nobody else could say that. You can stand. My time's up. You can stand. Now watch this. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That's where he's at. You and I can't even really find mercy without experiencing his grace first. So let us come boldly now unto the throne of grace. For what purpose? For what reason? Because we have failed sometimes so miserably. And I need to obtain, obtain, obtain mercy. Obtain means you experience it. It means you received it. You receive the benefits of it when you obtain it. You know, I can write you a million dollar check as long as you don't try to cash it. 
You could claim that you, you, you I got a million dollar check. But until you're able to say, you know what? I can cash it and receive the benefits of it now. <laughs> Thank God, even upon this earth, we can receive the benefits of a high priest. Amen. Because we can touch him with the feelings of our infirmities. Whenever we feel like we can't make it. And we can't put one foot in front of the other. And it seems like, amen, the enemy is destroying us and overcoming us. And the powers of darkness and the power of wickedness and evilness. And we got to go back to even to the soils. Amen. Amen. The pleasures of this world. Amen. The cares of life. The cares of life that's choking out the word of God. But I got a high priest. God, if you help me, I'm going to get back into connection. I'm going to get things back in right priority. I'm going to get them back in the right place. We're constantly having to work on it. Why? Because we're constantly on a journey. But we want to finish the journey. We want to finish it. And all the way we're going to finish it. Amen. It's to know this one called Jesus Christ. It's a high priest. Amen. That's interceding. That's crying out. That's reaching out to us. I'll tell you, Brother Ford, he tried even this morning. I'll tell you, he wants to walk in this house to heal us. He wants to walk in this house. It ought not be just a normal thing. Amen. To come to the house of God. house of the living God here this service this opportunity just like maybe it's what about 15 maybe Baron Trump <laughs> send word daddy daddy and I, I promise you if it's the right reason now watch this even he can't just boldly just come he can't just come busting up in there. He may be a little bit like his daddy, but there's limits even with him. <laughs> I'll tell you what we can do. We can humble ourselves. That come boldly means that, you know what? I'm coming to the place to find my answer. I'm coming to the place to find my deliverer. I'm coming to the place to find my helper. Because he can be touched. Did he prove that? Twelve years. Spent all she had. With all physicians. She separated. Her condition separated her from her family. Separated her from any hope. Until she heard of a man by the name of Jesus. And she said... When I touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. And the God of the universe, amen, said, when you get there, that's what's going to happen. And sure enough, when she gets there and touches the hem, but you got to touch him. you got to touch him. you got to touch him. We can't do what Adam and Eve find someplace in the garden, try to hide ourselves and cover it up and blame somebody we got to confess. Said, God, I've messed up. I've come up short. I let the world, the situation, the pitfalls, or whatever it might be, get the best of me. You know what the devil will do? Uh, you ain't got surely, surely you can, you can eat. Surely you can eat. From Same old lie. Surely you can go to church wherever you want to go. Surely you can dress like you want to dress. 
Surely you can just do. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Just have a little fun. Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. But we got a high priest. Thank God for the high priest today. He loves us with an everlasting love this morning. Why don't we just bow our heads for a moment and let's just talk to the Lord for a minute. I know it's getting late and I apologize for that. But let's just take a moment and let this kind of soak into our hearts, our minds and spirit, if you would. What a high priest we got. What a loving Savior. It's His heartbeat. It's the desire of the Lord that all might be saved. For all to be delivered. For all to be healed. He demonstrated this time and time even in His own ministry upon the earth. It hasn't changed here today. As we just kind of bow our heads and maybe close our eyes and just take a moment. Why don't you talk to Him? Why don't you just lift your own voice in your own way unto the Lord and Maybe giving thanks, or maybe asking God, I need some help. God, I got some struggles in my life that I need some help. I got some infirmities in my life that I need some help. And you're the high priest. I heard it today. I heard it. I believe it. And I believe, God, that you can make a difference in my life. I believe you can make a difference of making me an overcomer and victorious. Over the things that's warring against my mind. and Over the things that's warring against my heart. And warring against me to try to rob me of my inheritance. But, oh, God, help us here today as we just humble ourselves. As we yield ourselves from the oldest unto the youngest. Hallelujah. We humble ourselves right now for just a moment. And let the love of Christ, the love of the Master. Let the, let the mighty one called Jesus, our high priest. Hallelujah. That's interceding unto the God, unto the God of the universe. Hallelujah. To move upon our hearts, to move upon our minds and our spirit. To inspire us, to breathe upon us. Hallelujah. Inspiring us the hunger for the will of God. It's God that puts that will in us. It's that God that puts that, that hunger in us. Amen. To hunger and thirst after righteousness. Why don't you just pray for that this morning? God put a hunger and thirst in me for truth. Put a hunger and thirst in me to know you and to know you in the power, to know you in the experience that you have me to know you. Help me, God. I, I may have been pastor on 24 years, but God, you help me. You help me, God, to pastor better than every pastor. Be shepherd better than every shepherd, God. Help me overcome my infirmities. Help me overcome, God. You're touching my heart. You're touching our mind. You're touching our spirit. Oh, how we need you, God. How we need your visitation. How we need your touch. How we need your holy presence. As Moses made it clear, God, we can't make this journey without your presence. But if you'll lead and guide us, we'll go across the Red Seas. We'll come through the wilderness. We'll claim the promised land. We'll claim the place, God, that you want us to claim in the lovely name of Jesus. Oh, God, we love you today. We love you today. Everybody under the sound of my voice can know this high priest for yourself. You can experience his touch. You can experience his love. You can experience his power. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If we'll just believe. You can have life eternal. But you've got to believe in this high priest. There is no other. There's no other way. 
you have to make that profession. You've got to make up in your mind, I'm going to live for you, God. And I want the promises. You promised it to me as a father. That's a promise of your spirit. A promise to wash all the sins of